Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Commanders fans, what's going on? Coming off of a bye week, the Washington Commanders heading out to the West Coast. They're going, going back, back to Cali. Cali, the Commanders are heading to La La Land, y'all. Taking on the Rams, old friend Sean McVay. They're six and a half point dogs over there at our good points over there. Uh, good friends over there at betonline.ag. That's our sponsor. I'm Anthony Armstrong, folks. Number one, uh, the original one, three, I should say. And we're joined by a very special guest today. He's going to get on this uh, get on this podcast. It's not our normal guy, Ryan Murphy, but he's a friend of the show. You know him. He's an NFL insider. You know him with the sports journey. If you've been following me for a while, you know him from way back in the gap. We used to have our radio show together Tuesday nights all over the DMV, mostly in the V side. But either way. It's Mr. Lake Lewis, NFL Insider, joining us. What's going on, Lake? How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? And sorry about the, you know, the the playing backdrop, but you know, I, man, I, 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 that's a It is all good. It is all good. We have an improvements. Everybody's, you know, gearing up for the new year. Uh, you got any plans for the holidays? You know, um, I do, but I can't really say what it is because it's, uh, you know, ah, it's yes, surprise, it's a surprise. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> yes, people will be listening and people yeah. will be telling. So don't don't right. don't spill the beans. It's kind of like, you know, you got the gift under the tree, uh, but right. don't you don't want anybody to peek just yet. So I understand. I understand. Man, right. welcome into the show. Um, we'll get to talking. We're not going to talk a lot about the game. Uh, obviously, the commanders coming off their bye week, six and a half point dogs going out there to La La Land. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, but. Uh, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that a little bit later. But I want to know from you, sir, just just uh, what are your thoughts so far with the recent grumblings going on over there in Ashburn? Like, is there is there a smoke and fire type situation or is this just just late season frustrations? Listen, man, um, you know, we've been doing this a long time together and we don't pull punches. And this whole Eric getting on players thing that's resurfaced. I you can go back three months ago. Um, you can go back to the day after. And I and I literally came out and said it never happened. And that was some in-house nonsense mm-hmm. that was pushed out. And if it if it were to have happened, well the Kansas City Chiefs and their players shot it down quickly, like the next right. day or two. And those right. are Super Bowl champions. If they come to that man's A, what more do you need to know? Um I'm not gonna say nothing was ever said. But whoever it was said by, they're irrelevant as far as their makeup on the team. Hmm. And, I mean, you were a starter in this league. You you know that if you had said something, you would have had to have owned up to it because it would have came back around to starter Anthony Armstrong said, you know. But if it's coming from the 53rd, 52nd guy on the roster, nobody cares. (laughs) And you don't have any legs to stand on anyway. So – I they think probably, they they the one that got cussed out. They the ones that yeah, made it absolutely. Bad to them. Those are the ones that were making the mistakes. <laughs> yeah. So 
So it was it was a non-story. And I was real disappointed in some of my colleagues when they came out, when they asked me, I was sitting right there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when the question was asked. And and then also was sitting there when Ron came out and said, you know, some guys came to me. Ron didn't say who it was. And to yeah. me, that was the story in itself. So yeah. I just think, you know, as you know, when you're losing games, a lot of stuff starts to come out. And yeah. And there's some people that probably have, let's be let's be honest, there's some people in the building that have agendas to try to keep jobs because we all know wholesale change is coming. So now you start seeing all this nonsense being fluttered around. And some people are called and asked to say things. Let me just tell you that. I got you. I got you. Okay, well, I don't want to get too much into that. Let's let's talk about the future. You know, I, I said, let me hit my man Lake up. I want to talk about the future of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, right now, the commanders are, I think they have the fourth overall pick kind of locked in mm-hmm. uh, unless they go on this f- random four game run mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Uh, so let's say they finish with a top three pick. What What do you think that this team uh, should be doing in that position? If you're if you're putting on your GM hat, what do you think they should do in the draft uh, if they feel, find themselves a top three pick? Well, see, this is the thing, Anthony, the, 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 if it were me. You know, I probably would take the left tackle out of Penn State. And I mean, just just because it's common sense, because you have a young quarterback that has shown that he can do some things, you know, but he has a porous offensive line in front of him, especially at the tackle position. So that's no surprise. But if I'm the new GM, I have to weigh all my options. And if I'm the new GM, and I'm not saying specifically me because I've covered the team. I'm saying if it's somebody like just this hypothetical person, mm-hmm. they have no vested interest in Sam Howe or anybody on the roster. So they may want to come in and start anew and draft a quarterback. And there's two quarterbacks, maybe even three with the kid Daniels that NFL teams might look to build around. So I I think that, you know, everything is on the table. I mean, you might want to trade out of the pick if someone gives you up, you know, gives up a lot of picks to move up to take a quarterback that they want. So I'm just going to say I would be all open ears. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, I, I was just checking over there at Bet Online. They're, they're sponsors of the show. I was trying to see if they had any choices uh for what the futures would be but if you haven't been able to bet online use betonline.ag uh use our code believe b-l-e-a-v get yourself 50 percent welcome bonus you can you can uh put some odds on the first overall pick in the draft right now caleb williams is the favorite minus 425 drake may is second uh mm-hmm. and then marvin harrison jr mm-hmm. uh, speaking of my man marv Mm-hmm. Uh, my co-host Brian, he he feels like if you're there and Marvis Harrison Jr. is there, that's a player that you cannot pass on. He has a generational talent. What do you think? I mean, you obviously said obviously said old line, but what do you think about Marvin Harrison? Oh no, he, he, he's hundred percent correct. I mean, he's a generational player. This is the thing. The irony is, I think the top four picks in this year's draft are generational talents. Mm. I think there's a drop off, significant drop off afterwards, where you may get. excuse me, where you may get talent wise guys that can make pro bowls after that. But these top four guys are being looked at as potential, you know, and I'm going to say it potential hall of fame guys. That's their talent level. So if you're Washington, the bottom line is you just got to pick in the top four (laughs) and you can't go wrong. I mean, you can't. but to answer your question, I don't think Marvin Harrison jr. Gets to number four because 
let's 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 just be honest. The first pick in the draft, does Chicago even take Caleb Williams? If they go on and win their next four games and the way they've been playing and the way Justin Fields has looked, yeah. there's a chance that they don't take a quarterback. Let's just say they take the offensive tackle. Okay. Yeah. Or better yet, you already know what they're gonna do. They're gonna take Marvin Harrison number one. Yeah. That would be Marvin Harrison off the board. Yeah. Now you're looking at New England or Arizona. Okay. So we all know New England probably is going to draft a quarterback. So do they go Caleb Williams or do they go Drake May? For my money, I'm putting money on it. If New England has to take between the two of them, they're going to take Drake May. Just optics, you know, you you already know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's cold out there, man. It's cold out there, man. Quarterback. Okay. Okay. So, so look, you got now you have two players that you're choosing from. Okay. And if you're choosing from a left tackle or if you're choosing from Caleb Williams, who's from DC. Yeah. Uh, and you're a new GM. That's a tough one, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, in in that in that scenario, in that scenario, that is, I feels unlikely, but it, it could work out that way. Mm-hmm. If Caleb Williams falls to four, I I, no I, I think you have to have a really long, hard, strong conversation. <laughs> but but recent history of of local talent going home to play for the home team ain't been so good. Not, yeah, I mean specifically in DC, of course. Yeah, right. Um, and but, and then also, but also Caleb had had his list out. He had released a list of teams he would play for. And, and when and when you got multiple millions of dollars waiting on you just to go back to school and play one more season, maybe you maybe you say, man, I don't, I don't like this selection of top three teams. But if also if Caleb Williams is available at four, I'm sure your phone is ringing like crazy, where somebody's yeah. like. Minnesota's like, yo, what do you want, right? <laughs> exactly. Let's exactly. jump up. Like that's that's a that's probably a more likely deal. Um, but let me, let me, either way, you're gonna get drug regardless. Whatever oh, yeah. you do in DC, you're gonna get drug regardless. But let me ask you this, because and 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 talking about getting drug, I mean, do you take Marvin Harrison at four if he sits there, and let's just say something crazy is happening, he's sitting there at four. And the left tackle sitting there at four. What do you do? And the reason why I say that is because you have McLaurin, you have Dotson, who hasn't had a good second year. Yep. You have uh, Curtis Samuel, who are they going to resign him? So you already have three quality receivers, you yep. know, when healthy, of course. But Marvin Harrison gives you that big body, just he's special. Yeah. He, <laughs> is, he is special. And everybody being, I mean, hell, I'm same height as the other guys, but the shorter receivers you get some height you get some speed that you can get downfield and you know i was i was looking at the the past kansas city offenses when they had tyreek hill and when eb was oc yeah mm-hmm. and i was looking at the receiver numbers okay they had two guys that would generally combine for about 24 2500 yards it's travis kelsey and tyreek hill one mm-hmm. year tyreek led the league led the team uh, and then other than that it was travis and then tyreek so i mm-hmm. see why he left but uh night, but you look but but right that too but but the next closest thing was Miko Harmon around 500 600 yards Mm -hmm. 
So when I look at it, I look at the, the production in Washington, Sam is actually spreading the ball around much more than Patrick Mahomes did. Mm-hmm. In relay, I mean, obviously, yes, it's Tyreek Hill. Yes, it's Travis Kelsey. But mm-hmm. you got 600, almost 650, 500, 400, 400 for the top four receivers. And I think you got a running back that's sitting at like 300. So mm-hmm. he spreads the ball to a lot of different places. All right. If you're in that scenario, <clears throat> I think the most glaring, and this is the, this is the issue I have because I love Marvin Harrison. He's a hell of a player, but when your most glaring need is, is O-line, 55 sacks, 58 sacks on the season, consistently working from third and long, you don't have many plays for that. I don't care what receiver you got. Absolutely. You can't get them the ball. You don't have enough time. Yes. Now, but now when we talk about that, though, there's this period that happens prior to the draft, and this team has $90 million, or and it'll, you know, 80 to 90. They're going to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Free agency. What do you look at in the free agency spot? I mean, I personally think uh, if, if you, I'll say this, if you're, I want to get a lineman because like I, I was thinking about this division, Micah Parsons and yeah. Demarcus, and Demarcus uh, Lawrence and whoever else they throw out there, uh, the Eagles and all of what they got, mm-hmm. uh, the Giants and Kayvon Thibodeau who likes to show up against the commanders. Absolutely. That's a hell of a like you gotta either you gotta pick a, a frankly a Trent Williams. You better get it better be he better be Trent Williams. Because mm-hmm. if you miss, this whole thing is is scrapped. And I that's feel why. like you I but that's why I feel like you at least have to address if you're high enough to get Harrison at two, I mm-hmm. think you gotta get the free agency gotta be alignment. Absolutely. But I always say this, Anthony. When you have a chance to draft a generational talent, especially yeah. a generational talent at a position of need, you yeah. have to do it. And I can tell you right now, you already know I'm I'm, I'm a little biased because you know, I it's my school. Know. We are, we are. We, I got we you. are. Go ahead. I wasn't gonna say it. You said it for <laughs> me. I appreciate that though. I appreciate that love. But seriously, this kid is dominant, and yeah. he's a great kid. He's intelligent. Got his degree early. Um, comes from family educators. I mean, he's just a, he's, he's what you want on the field yeah. and in your locker room. And, and he's young. That's the yeah. irony. You know, this kid's yeah. like 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. You get, you get one of those Ty. I remember when Tyron Smith was drafted down here in Dallas, mm-hmm. he came in like mm-hmm. just turned 20 mm-hmm. and Jerry, Jerry doing Jerry thing signs a guy to a super long contract, but he's been here forever. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's still in there. Um, people, <laughs> he's just doing his thing. So you, if you hit it right, yeah, you got to hit it right and, and make sure that like that guy ends up being the one. But I just feel like if you're that high, because because frankly, you know what, I, I, I want to say this too. You got players that have thought about like John Allen thought about leaving. Has thinks thinks about leaving. Yeah, shoot, I could see this new GM and ownership group saying we'll package up a player and a pick and then jump back up nice high and early to try to really, you know, go deep into this draft. So that's a great point, Anthony. And actually, if you did ask me if I were the GM, I would. I would. I would. <laughs> there's nobody on this roster to save for me. Yeah. And, and and that's not being disrespectful to these guys, guys like Terry McLaurin. And John Allen, but Terry McLaurin specifically has been the face of the franchise by default. The yeah. face of your franchise should never be a wide receiver. No offense, Anthony. <laughs> um, but I mean, it should never be. It's it's when you have. So if I ask you right now, who's the face of the Dolphins? 
you're probably going to say Tariq Hill. I'm going to say Mike McDaniel, frankly. It's, that's well, probably... okay, okay. Well, you know, well, you're a little biased because he coached you. I mean, but... but, but no, but shoot, they, they, he get all the love. But I mean, Ty, Tyreek, it'd be Tyreek first. It would, but, but, but shouldn't it be Tua? I mean, you would think so. And, and and frankly, you talk about this. This kind of talks about where Cam Newton was going, talking about different quarterbacks being game managers. Um, I mean... He said Tua, Cam was a game manager? No, Cam Newton said that oh, Dak oh, Prescott, Brock oh, Purdy, Tua was a game manager. But they were game managers. That's what he was I, saying on his on his show, on his podcast. I disagree with Cam for saying that. Not you know, maybe they were, but not I don't man, think I, you know, I just I think that the difference, and this is briefly on that because this was not planned, but in that situation, <laughs> you gotta look at look at what Tua got around him. He got weapons, 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 right? Right. Um and so in that instance, yeah, I am. I'll be a game manager when all I got to do is get it to Tyreek Hill. I don't have to be that special. I don't have to do anything, you know, out of this world. You get what I'm saying? No, I see. He doesn't have to try to beat you on his own. Correct. Like, I don't, I, if I see Tua trying to go back there and do like Superman things, I'll oh, no, be like, no, you sit your do. ass down. Right. You got to <laughs> chill. Down. But you know what? When I look at Dak, Dak's making plays now, yeah. ironically. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's cooking. He he's is. cooking. He is. So anyway, yeah. So let, what would you do with the pick? Let's just say you, they're picking four, mm-hmm. which today they would be. So what would you do? And, you know, and I go back and forth. And I've, I've said where you could get Harrison, but I, I think that he'd be gone if you're all the way at four. Yeah, because uh, I think, think the Cardinals are going to take him. Because, I, I, yeah, and that's going to help. They're, that's going to immediately help what they need down there. Yeah. I feel like if you're at four, uh, with including the offseason – of getting uh, O lineman in the draft uh-huh. or in the free agency, I think you still would draft um, uh, O lineman there. So get a young guy and then get a vet because I think on both sides of the ball on this team, you need a vet that's like gonna like close the door and and you say y'all, face. this is not yeah, just you know what I'm saying like you don't got to tell this like hey, this does not leave the meeting room. We not doing good enough. Let's fix it right. Like that's that's the type of leader that I need to see on this. And there's a lot of people that's gonna make so, a lot of money. So 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 look, I know this is your show, but I do gotta ask you this because it's not you know it's not too often you get a very insightful former starter in the NFL. You know, yeah. So I want to ask you because I've I've been saying this and and I've been saying this all season. They don't have a vocal leader on this team the commanders. They have a leader by example and Terry McLaurin. Yes. They had, and, and to me, that's it. I don't look at John Allen as a leader and that's not offense to John. He plays hard, but I want somebody that you, when you aren't doing well, you don't want them in your face pressing you. Mm. <laughs> and so mm. I'm asking you, when you played here, if you don't mind, who, who were those guys that you Man. knew were going to come in and let it be known we're not getting it done? Man, you you, you said it. You hit it on the head. And, and Lake Lewis don't miss. This is Lake Lewis's voice. Y'all. This is Anthony Archer I'm talking about. I'm joined by Lake Lewis. <laughs> uh, you hit it on the head. That's what's missing on the team. Like I, And I just talked about it an episode or two ago, like a London Fletcher. Right, you you could you would know that a London Fletcher it was gonna yell at the defensive tackle for being in the wrong gap. Hey, you need to be over here, mm-hmm. not over here. Right, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the 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 things of people freestyling 
that ain't gonna happen in that lock in that person's defense. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, London Fletcher on special teams, like it was a Lorenzo Alexander. Like mm-hmm. he, you held, you had that level of accountability mm-hmm. to where you knew you had to you gonna do your job and you could trust the other person to do your job. Because frankly, when people aren't doing their jobs, it's a lack of trust. Yes. And when you don't get when you don't when you got to tell it to the camera and somebody got to ask you on a microphone, that means y'all don't communicate Thank and y'all don't you don't right. trust each other. You know, you're missed. You know, you're missed here. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but, but man, look, but look, but look, I, was, man, I went deeper into this. I'm like, look, man, like, like you say, I love John Allen, tough player. And he's been a good player on a good team forever. But we need you to be a good player to teach other people how to be good players. Thank you. Teach you. The mother two should not have gotten traded out of here. Period. And, and I and I will put and 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 you can say this. This may be too much, but I can put that on you. I put that on him. You the eldest statesman. That's why you're missed, man. Because I've been telling people. Line. I've been telling people all the time. If you didn't want Chase over here and Montez over there freelancing, then somebody should have reined them in, and it wasn't the coaches. It should have been a player. There's a point. I can in, tell you right now, those two guys didn't respect too many guys in that locker room. I, I can tell point, you. There is a point <laughs> where when you when you see a team when they're young, you either need a disciplinarian. You need a disciplinarian when the teams are young mm-hmm. to cut the cut the bull out to mm-hmm. cut out the BS. Mm-hmm. Once those veterans are in place that can police the locker room without. Having interv- interv- uh, the coaches don't have to intervene. Ron mm-hmm. has been operating in that space of saying, "Y'all figure it out. I'm not going to be here next year." <laughs> I'm like, "Y'all can keep talking to me all you want, but you need <laughs> right. to go talk to Eric Bieniemy." Right. What do you want him? To, like, he's going to be here for four more weeks. He's got four more weeks. Give you know, help. Give him, write him a card or something. But don't go up there complain. Can you take some back some of the power? He's like, "I'm going to be gone." And whoever did say that. I would make sure if I were the GM that they would be off this football team. Yeah, I yeah. open door policy. Come on up here and tell me what your issues are. Exactly. All right, yeah. cool. Thank you for your input. And I, and I appreciate that. And now that I know that's how you are, you're a rat, basically. That's how I look at that. That's a rat. <laughs> and for me, yeah. Anthony, when you're not that good, when your team's not that good, there's no this person's not doing it. You got to look at yourself. Because I think you and I both can say every man on this roster this year, we can find fault in their game. We can find film and tape where they didn't do their job. We can do that with the coaches, too. But when I hear Eric Bieniemy yesterday, I'm sitting right there in the presser when he says that he has to be accountable to his players, to the ownership and to his fellow coaches. He said all the outside noise to him doesn't matter. What happens inside stays inside. But when you start hearing these things seeping out all the time, this guy's not happy. This guy's not happy. And when a guy says, yeah, I actually do think about, you know, leaving. OK, bye. You got to go then, <laughs> because I don't want that because that's telling me you're not just like you said, you're not making the other guys around you better and holding them accountable. It's about you and what you're feeling. I don't like that. I don't like it either. There's just certain. There's just it's just certain. Like it, I don't know. It looks good and with the optics, and you see it out there, and you're like, yeah, he said the right thing. But it, eventually, it it just it hits on deaf ears. It feels like a wrestling promo. 
I'm I'm good. I mean, I mean, you know, you come from a very storied organization. Let me think about it. Come very storied programs where Alabama is very much Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State is very much whoever the head coach was at that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to learn how to fight through some adversity and, and push. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Through a little bit, but that's neither here nor there. I want to move on. I've, I've been grading. Okay. Okay. I've been grading the team. Okay, I actually did a whole episode, and I think my mic was off, so I got to do it again. Oh man! <laughs> but uh, let's call it a rehearsal. Uh, but we just went over the defense; we were grading them by position. So I want to ask you, what's the grade? Throw on your teacher's hat. What's the grade for the offense and defense? Um, you can start overall, like as a unit, and then if you have any, uh, you know, specifics on position, feel free to share those. So what do you think overall this defense would grade out as? Uh, Sixty-two. A 62. So that would fall into the D category. That would Low be a D. D minus F plus. D minus. <laughs> <laughs> you better not put no, don't put no pluses on no Fs. Okay. Exactly. So it means it's not good. Yeah. And you know, you can't sugarcoat this stuff. We try to be nice because you know guys. And but if you're not playing well, you're not playing well. And I just feel like from a scheme standpoint, all year it's just never been there. It didn't fit the the players' uh, skill sets. And then when you get the players playing in a system that they don't feel comfortable in and you see them out on the field looking like robots and not playing fast and downhill, their games are going to suffer and they're going to regress in their skill development. And it looks like all of the above, a lack of a scheme, has destroyed some of these guys' confidence, and they haven't progressed as players. Ooh, boy, you talk about confidence, man. You lose that confidence in this in this game. Uh, imagine y'all in the DMV. Imagine standing on four ninety five. You ain't gonna get hit, but you ain't gonna get hit by no cars. But it sure feel like you could. Right. You when you you lose your confidence in the league, that's how fast the game is going. And, well, and I got it's this. tough to get back. I would use this analogy then. Imagine being on 495 and you just got your learner's permit. Ooh, hey, that's, that's what that's, <laughs> that's your welcome to the league moment. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, look, my, look, my my welcome to the league moment. Like I got down to Miami when I got from the uh, Desperados. Long <laughs> way to get there, but I got there two days prior to training camp. Uh, my first day in pads, like the opening, the opening period, you're running to run to your assignments, right? It's like this, you know, not, not even anything, no contact, basically. Mm-hmm. I run up to this safety, Courtney Bryan, this sucker dropped his shoulder into my chest and knocked me on my ass. And uh, it's like play three. You got Bill Parcells over there in his golf cart, Tony uh, Sperano looking at you. I'm uh, laying there looking at the South Florida sun. I said, boy, you better get your ass up, man. <laughs> You might said, not get another impression, you know. I said, "This is." I, I tell you what, I didn't get knocked down that nan other time throughout that whole training camp. Oh, uh, no. yeah. And oh. I, I was. I'll tell you this much: that the fast forward to when I was with Washington in 2010, the day I knew that they were testing me, damn me, ten out of the twelve plays were inside run. We never use receivers in inside run. 
Oh, they want to see your toughness going up over the middle. <laughs> guess who the snob? Nah, guess who the safety was in the, in those days? You remember kind of LSU number five overall pick, big as a tank, Laron Landry. Landry looked like every a time, Yeah, every time I would go in short motion, he would have to scoot up close to the line of scrimmage. Me and Laron Landry in the dangum hole. Wow. Eight, nine, ten plays. I'm like, y'all, y'all tested me today, but you can't make me quit. So I, I kept that thing rolling. But that was my welcome to the league moment. You probably earned, you probably earned some defenders' respect too, because they saw that they're killing this kid over here. <laughs> Man, it was just, it was one of those ones. I was like, all right, I've caught the deep passes. I've done everything else that you've asked. Now they mm-hmm. got to say, can this? Is he gonna be physical enough? I was like, I just jump on until Lorenzo come and clean him up. That was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> I had the thing. Oh, all right, man. Let's get back to the chalkboard. Oh, you got me distracted. Blake Lewis, folks. Offensively, what do you grade the offense? Okay, because he gave the defense a D minus, a F plus. That's mm-hmm. not a, a grade in this classroom. But what do you give the offense, Lake? I'm gonna give the offense a seventy-seven. Hmm. Just above, just above a C, it's a C yeah. plus. Because uh, they've you, done some things well, you know. Yeah. But they, yeah. you know, they haven't run the ball enough for me. Uh, but yeah. in fairness to EB, you know, I'm not making excuses for them because they need to run the ball more. But yeah. when you're down in the first quarter by 14 points and 17 points at halftime, Tough. you you really can't run the ball effectively anymore. You just Tough. can't. When you're when you're third and fifteen, third and twenty-five, because <laughs> your first down, you try to run it, you get two, then you give up a sack. Now it's third and seventeen. Mm-hmm. You ain't got but you ain't got but twelve plays for that. Right now right. you got well. Why are we throwing it to Terry? Because everybody's watching Terry. Everybody's at cover high. I mean, yeah. you know, cover two. I mean, you. I, I I just wish sometimes fans would understand. You know, they, they they're not drawing these plays up in the dirt. You know, <laughs> and like you said, when a guy's been sacked 58 times, yeah, that tells you why you can't run the football. So f- fans are going to throw back at us, Anthony, though. Well, he wouldn't be sacked 58 times if he ran the ball more. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because necessarily. If, if the run is not effective, that's mm-hmm. the thing. You run it. There's sometimes where you just run it and you just button your head up against the wall. That's not effective. Right. But if you're. It, it, the way that it's worked in the how you get to the favorable positions is what you need to see the mix of because running it the first time I'm not mad at it. the uh-huh. second down where it's a big drop back you give up a sack that's bad right. I'd rather see maybe a shorter pass in that second but now you're in a third and third and manageable do you right. want to play action there you can but then show the propensity to to run the ball in that spot right because right. EB said be Brian Robinson made him a better play caller and that's one other thing i looked at when i was looking at all those stats how i mentioned it earlier i was looking at the running game i was like how how much did he call runs what what was the top performance for a while the top performance was 500 some odd yards at the most one time he had two two running backs at 500 plus LaShawn mccoy and uh, uh one other guy that the lead dog changed every single year and then isaiah pacheco was the only other guy to get up to about 800 yards exactly. rushing for Kansas City. So running it isn't EB's thing, but but it doesn't mean he can't do it, right? Well, and the other thing, Anthony, I tell people too, is that it's not as if he phased out Brian Robinson. Brian mm-hmm. Robinson is one of your leading receivers, believe it or not, right. and leading touchdowns 
as a, as a receiving back. So mm-hmm. it's not as if he went away from Brian Robinson. He just used him in other facets of the game, which mm-hmm. were more effective than running him. And mm-hmm. I think fans, you know, this is this is Washington. So, you know, it's always been a run centric, uh, you know, type of setup here. Even when you were here, yep. there was there was a boatload of running backs <laughs> to share the well. Yep. It, yep. it, it's just not the same now. And and I think some of the fans have to understand the league has kind of gone away from running. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they, they're looking for guys that can catch the ball off the backfield just as much as run the ball. Oh yeah. You have to be able to run a route, catch the ball, mm-hmm. all the have success. You talk about all of that. You mentioned the yardage, Antonio Gibson, 322 yards on the year receiving Brian Robinson, 326 on the year receiving five touchdowns between the two of them. And they also combined for 27 first downs. So, I mean, we mentioned Terry's closing in on 700 yards. Curtis has 500 yards, 450 from Jahan. Logan's at four and a quarter, and then 300 and 300. So that sounds like Kansas City numbers, literally. Yeah, but like, but 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 see, but now the issue in Kansas City was that Curtis Samuel would be his 500 yards would be Miko Hardman's top. It would be 1,200 yards for Tyreek Hill. 1,200 or 1,300 for Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. and then it would drop all the way down to 500. You have a quarterback that's actually spreading the ball to a lot of people. So you have way more balance in this offense. You have and a lot more this, balance. And they're doing this with something that, okay, in Kansas City, like you said, you already knew underneath Kelsey's getting his balls. He's going to get his touches. Yes. That's not the case in Washington. That's probably the most least effective situation in their offense is their tight ends yeah which poses the question what about the kid will bowers from georgia yeah now that yeah see that was a whenever whenever the commanders were sitting around like just outside of five like six to eight mm-hmm. i was then that that was a name that came up it was like and 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 i thought about it because i was looking at sunday really every game Mm-hmm. Somebody's tight end is is having a good game, oh, making big yeah. plays because there's so many match- mismatches now. Especially in the big st- offenses, the good offenses. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if you start putting the fact that they're putting safeties at linebackers now in nickel situations, the yeah. safeties and, and, and bigger safeties are now doing that, okay, well, you don't want to have a receiver. You, you put a tight end out there. Now the tight end is getting a mismatch against some of those guys. And if there is a linebacker, it's a mismatch. So I could see – if if you are going to make go all the way back to that draft talk, if you get back in that situation, and let's say you're at three or four, who I'm not sure who's at eight or nine, but there's somebody that's going to be in that spot where you could probably drop back and catch Bowers exactly. at a little bit later spot. Let somebody jump up ahead of you, take all that other stuff, and it. it, it but y'all got to understand this. It's you got to cook this pie. Layer at a time. Okay? Yeah, you got to put that gumbo a layer at a time. When you're making the roux, you got to do it a layer at a time. Right, right. So you got to know they go make some plays in free agency. Hey, man, me and Lake, we will be y'all co GMs. I already threw my name in the hat as a head coach. So I threw my name in there as a GM. So this is it. This, this let's, is your coach. Let's do, this is let's your do it. We already, we already on the same page. Absolutely, man. man. Give me a vet. We can do this, man. <laughs> we, I think so. I, I think, I think, I really think my my thing with this team and the, the other stat I was paying attention to is just the third down conversions. Right now, Washington's thirty eight percent on third downs. 
Mm-hmm. That's not good. Kansas City was hey, hovering more around high 40s. <laughs> One year they were at 51% on third down conversion. So wow. you limit the sacks, improve the third downs. You guys, Washington has a damn good team. They, Washington has a pretty talented team. And 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 that's and, and this coming from an offensive player. I mean, it, it, again, I'm not saying it. The fans can't say it. I didn't play in the NFL. They didn't either. But you did, and you started. So when you look at this yeah. offense, do you feel like it's evolved from what we've seen over the past three years with Scott Turner? Um, it it has a little bit. I'm I'm looking to see if it's an offense where. And it feels as if it's it's an offense where EB's calling the play, and that's the concept. And then the defense's coverage is going to dictate where you go with the ball. Okay. Hence the hence the spreading the ball around. It's it's not an offense where he's saying, "All right, I'm going to put Terry in this particular specific situation to get mm-hmm. open for this play." Gotcha. Right. Gotcha. Um, and I've also felt that it's been an offense <laughs> that if EB is is high in accountability, he's not going to let you move on to 103 if you ain't mastered the 101 right and that's i'm one and i'm and i feel like i see i can see how that could be something where the offense looks stale for a long time because the last few weeks they they were doing a few more things they were opening up a little bit more and and that comes with the trust right so that comes with that accountability you show me you can do it the basic way then i will gladly unleash that really cool fun stuff that you saw us doing when we were winning super bowl you can't just jump to the advanced so, so I, I think the offense has grown. Um, when they made the switch on the old line, that was that big. helped. That was big. That helped because I mean it 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 didn't fix it, but it's kind of it's it's like a tourniquet. It slowed down. It's like puts yeah. it plus some pressure because because I, I really thought you would have been over sixty sacks right now. It's, it's at fifty. Oh, he was so on still pace hanging out there. to a hundred. <laughs> Yeah, so it was going right. There's four. There's four games left. Two of them was against Dallas. And you know how they do. Plus ones against Nick Bosa, um, and and, hell, and, and, a man, and a and a PO Chase and a PO Trent Williams and yeah. a PO Kyle Shanahan. Well, well, Trent ain't playing D tackle this game, so Trent ain't gonna be playing D tackle that game. Yeah, but right, but I, either way, <laughs> it's gonna be some it's some challenges for the O line coming up to keep the sack number as low as possible, but. Uh, last, last little bit, Lake. Oh, not this one here. I want to get 60 seconds thoughts for our, what's going down. Washington's at LA, six and a half point dogs against the Rams. Sean McVay, former Washington uh, offensive assistant, tight ends coach, um, offensive coordinator, should have been here much longer than he was, but right, neither here nor there. What do you think? 60 seconds thoughts on that one. Ready, set, and go. Well, I think it's going to be a game that the commanders need to come out and show that they have some fight and they're not just going to Hollywood to, to see the sights and sounds and all that. Um, the Rams, however, are playing for a playoff spot and they're playing good football, really good football. They probably should have beat Baltimore last week in Baltimore. It would have been four straight, but they lost in overtime. So they're winners out of their last three out of four games. And it seems like Matt Stafford's kind of found himself again. So if you're Washington, you're going to have a challenge because the Rams are actually one of the better running teams in the NFL, Mm -hmm. and they're going to rely on their run game. If you're Washington, if you can contain the run, you have a chance to win this football game, as simple as that. But if you don't, if you can't stop the run, you're going to get beat by some big plays on the outside. 
I don't have them beating the Rams, but I don't have them going out and just laying an egg. Ironically, yeah. Anthony, this team plays better on the road than they do at home. Hey, well, hey, that shoot, that's a hell of a take. That's a hell of an insight. That's good. Like, like you do this for <laughs> like you do this for a job or something, right? No, that, that's big. I mean, you do to mention Sean McVay said today that yeah, whenever their running back Henderson is, is is getting involved, they're playing their best offense. Um that, that's gonna give you that's gonna give you the ability to go play action to Puka Nakua and, and Cooper Cup and those yep. guys, you know what they can do. Nakua jumping onto the scene and holding on to that spot. And that that plays into the hands of Matthew Stafford, what he wants to do, what makes him the best, better quarterback. Um, but then you got to look at Tutu Atwell. Got some speed getting down the field, play action. And you've seen in the recent weeks, people have been able to throw the ball on Washington. So stop the run. Then you force them into those third and long situations where it's a predictive pass. Yep. And you get to see what your pass rush can do. But um, you talk about stopping the run. D-line, what's up? You already know it's going to be outside run, right? A lot of outside zone, a lot of stretch. They're going to try to cut it back, so we need the D tackles to be there, All right? So, and there won't be any excuses this time as far as being double teamed because on outside stretch runs, as you know, it's just a matter of you beating your man to the to the point, being to the spot, being to the spot. So these guys cannot use that north south running, and they're double teaming us. No, you've got us. You've got to kind of set the edges a little bit. From the inside, you got to get out there and help out, you know, um, you know, Casey and all these other guys on the outside. You got to give them some help now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. My man, Lake, I appreciate you coming on to the show. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this team moving on through the uh, offseason. But we'll definitely connect and and uh, get linked up again before the season ends uh, because this is good. I, I, I'm personally making a commitment to do more. Uh, more the commander's content and get some more episodes out there on the pod. So y'all stay tuned. All right. Yeah, you Appreciate a, you, Lake. Yeah. You got a fan base with this team. So as your Jersey is behind you. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's good to hear good insight from, from people who've been out there and they've done it. So yeah, you know, I'm always here. Anytime you want me on, just let me know. Love it, man. Appreciate you. Thanks Lake Lewis. We'll catch you on the next one. Big shout out to Lake Lewis for joining me here on the show today. It was, it was good to get his insight because Lake always has a slightly different take. And frankly, it seems to be, I agree with his take a lot more uh, than when you hear a, a lot of the other ones. I, I try to obviously play in the game. I'm looking at the game from that aspect. I'm looking at from inside the locker room, how things can get built out. Uh, so definitely thankful for Lake to join the show. Shout out, uh, shout out to him and check him out on Twitter at Lake Lewis. Um, and he's also NFL insider team on NFL uh, network as well. Uh, shout out to the good folks over there at bet online. That's our sponsor for the betting sources. Go over there for anything that you're looking for sports related guys. I'm talking about NHL, NBA, obviously NFL, they got NFL draft futures, UFC, eSports, it's all out there ready for you to use. And use our code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, get that 50% welcome bonus. And also, jump into the conversation at Believe Commanders. Hey, appreciate y'all for doing that last time. I, I 
I've been in between phones and I finally got uh, my phone back up and running. And I saw y'all jumping in with your thoughts on what's going on with the team. So I want to know, how would you guys play your offseason? Okay, you got number one, what are you going to do in free agency? And then number two, tell me what you need to do in the draft. What are you thinking? So we'd love love to hear what the fans uh, are thinking that this team should do. So that's at Believe Commanders on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And you can obviously watch us over there on YouTube. And then finally, check us out on TuneIn Radio, Sirius XM, Watch Stadium, and even on the Game Plan on Reese TV, all over your favorite uh, platforms. And I've even seen some shows get in some of the Las Vegas casinos. So you never know. You might see a little Anthony Armstrong up there, folks. But uh, for Brian Murphy, we're going to catch up with him in a little bit on our next, uh, uh, on another episode of Believe in Commander. But for Brian Murphy, for Lake Lewis, thanks to him for visiting. I'm Anthony Armstrong, the original 1-3. Y'all continue to set the standard, live up to a high level, and I will catch you guys on the next one. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.